Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Time to bury the tired narrative. And uncover... Stories not typically heard, but stories that need to be heard. Right or wrong, life or death, this isn't your typical law show. This is Big Angry Law with Charles Big Angry Adams on KPRC 950. Now, Charles Adams. Well, it's been a long time since I last spoke to you. I took the last week off. Why? Well, damn it, because I felt like it. It was, for me, a somewhat bittersweet holiday because we were not with our oldest child because she was... Originally supposed to be off on Thursday, and which I was surprised as a resident, first-year resident in a hospital, because during my, what, six and a half years as a police officer, I think I worked every Thanksgiving and every Christmas. I worked nights, so it didn't tremendously interfere. I did get pulled over one time in Deer Park, driving home from work in my uniform, by what it turned out to be was the ex-wife of my chief of police, which is why she was being so rude to me as if I somehow had anything to do with that. But that was probably my only frustrating experience working on the holidays because tended from a policing perspective, people just seemed to be a little bit calmer and a whole lot nicer. And that was pleasant. It was not, however, pleasant that my daughter had to work on Thursday. They moved it from Thanksgiving Day to the day before Thanksgiving. I was going to go out there. I was going to let Kat and my parents have Thanksgiving here, and I was going to go spend Thanksgiving with her. And then they rescheduled to Monday, which is the day that me and Quanell filmed for the week for the Fox Face-Off. We had a fun filming today. He took the tack that we talked about Jerry Jones, And we talked about the young man, the high school student, who is the 14th-ranked quarterback prospect in the nation who just lost a scholarship. Oh, I just whistled there. A scholarship offer to the University of Florida because a social media video emerged of him rapping along to a popular song where he rapped along to all the lyrics, including the liberal use of the pejorative that starts with the letter after M. And he was vilified briefly. Then a lot of people emerged to support him for that use in the context of singing along to a song. And then it led to Jerry Jones. And we had a rather, we we recorded two short ones, one for Monday and one for Wednesday at the five. 30 news hour, half hour 
And then we recorded a our typical longer streaming discussion on, that airs at 7 on Thursdays, immediately prior to this show. So you can catch them both. But we combined the two segments to have a more robust conversation about football and racism. And he stridently defended Jerry Jones, which was interesting in that it, it was clearly downstream from his Cowboys fandom and not his typical perception of the incident. But the, the conversation about the high school athlete led to perceptions of the use of racial pejoratives and the differing times versus when we grew up until today and how that word is used then and how it is used now and the realities of the cisgendered white male high school student who is faced with the prospect nothing to the degree of Asian immigrant students who are horribly discriminated against, despite the fact that it's it's a generation of mostly first and second generation. And when you look at the Asian population, overwhelmingly immigrant in this country, and but because of the cultural focus on family structures and learning that has nothing to do with race or ethnicity, but just intact families that push their kids to achieve is very different from other cultures, including white culture, right? Where we have a proliferation of broken homes. But of course, people always use it as a reason to justify this new discrimination for people that can check the Latin heritage, indigenous heritage, or African heritage boxes versus other people. And when I raised that context, first he argued that there was no discrimination in the determination of acceptance. Then he said that, quoting the Bible, that, that white people today have to pay for the sins of their fathers, speaking holistically about white people, which always strikes me as odd in a conversation especially in the in the immediate aftermath of him defending Jerry Jones as, as a 14-year-old. And not saying that Jerry had, because my position is, well, you shouldn't take away his team or cancel him, but he should you know, just say, hey, I was a different kid back then. I've evolved. But that wasn't his tact, and his tact was wholly downstream from fandom, which it always, you know, I try to look at things objectively, and when I am forced subjectively by feelings about anything, I try to work my way through it. Quadell does it. But it was an interesting discussion. But in the immediate wake of defense of Jerry, he starts talking robustly about how white people need to suffer now because of something that some people, that some white people did, not necessarily relatives of the white people that need to suffer now. In fact, probably not, right? Because a lot of it is wealth privilege. And the wealthy are still winning, right? But he seemed to firmly believe it. And I think that's the crux of a lot of discord in America right now is that people are falsely arguing that there is a resource requirement for people to that requires suffering to achieve equity, Right? as opposed to saying, hey, we need these robust solutions. You know, now we use the term universal solution when they're not at all universal. Universal health care, except if you make a decent wage. Universal education, well, but not only if, I mean, it's this, it's this grand lie, right, that is trying to force feed the middle class to 
paying more in taxes and having a lower quality of life and gleefully accepting their children being discriminated against. And it's just all insane, right? And it's designed so we're all angry at each other and we're not noticing the fact that the government isn't actually achieving anything, which was writ large in the last couple of days here in Houston with the water crisis has made some national news. We'll talk about that when we get back in a moment. Big Angry Law with Charles Adams on KPRC 950. Well, I wish I had my picture on the Rolling Stone today. And I wish that the Inquirer would spread a rumor that I was gay. Well, I wish I had some buddies, some movie stars and such. Cause I probably wouldn't worry about the two of us as much. I'd spend all my money Caviar and cocaine And I would not remember How you broke my heart today Well, Charlie Robinson let it run all along But I had to get to the point, right? It's a story song and well, he wants to be distracted from the heartbreak. So skinny and so wild. I will tell you, supermodels are too skinny. And a waitress in Nevada. But let's get let's get back to it. So Sunday morning, got to take the kid back to law school, and I go to get in the shower, and I got a big. Large affair of a shower. It's about the size of the bathroom in my house in Cambridge. And I was going back to school up that way. And it's got sprayers all over the place and all kind of stuff. And and I don't use the sprayers, right? And this is going to sound a little bougie. But one time I'm out of town and my wife calls me all freaking out that there's a leak in the kitchen ceiling. And our bathroom was apparently right above it. And she had turned on the shower. We didn't realize this till later. And then got busy doing other stuff. And then when you know, went and took a shower and she got done, water's dripping down through the ceiling. Apparently she left it on for a while. Well, when they built the house, apparently they drilled through the seal on those sprayer or one of the sprayers. And the prior homeowner never used them either. So it was never discovered and it had a big stream. It had to be cut out and, and the, the drywall, we got the leak fixed immediately, but they had to cut a hole in the laundry room to get to the mechanism to fix it. And then they had to, you know, they didn't have to, there was a big stain on the kitchen ceiling from the water. And that was, I don't know, a year ago. 
finally get around to getting it fixed a couple of weeks ago. And, and they did a great job. I, I don't have the guy's name. I'll get it. I'll put it on there because this guy was phenomenal, right? Phenomenal handyman. Uh, the made it also broken the sprayer and the big jacuzzi tub. And he fixed that just an all around quality crew of guys. So he fixed it and I go to take a shower Sunday and I turn on the water and the water pressure is horrible. I'm like, damn it. And I, I'm just convinced that there's another leak in the house and it's going to do the same damage that I've just paid to have repaired after a year of putting it off and having my wife get on me for not getting it done. Right? And of course, the rejoinder, well, it wasn't my fault. It's not a winning one and leads to many of an unpleasant evening. But I got it fixed. So I'm just convinced. Like I spend the whole day going to Austin and I stop at Truth Barbecue in Brenham. I love the Truth Barbecue here, right? But the little bitty one in Brent just past Brenham on 290. Might be the best barbecue on the planet. But anyhow, but the whole day I'm just I just know there's some cataclysmic leak causing the water pressure issue. And then I finally see the very late notice by the city of Houston that, in fact, there is a problem with the water pressure for the city, which is requiring us to boil water. So we've all been brushing our teeth and drinking it. You know, I made my weight loss pre-workout drink with it after noticing the water pressure or Sunday before I worked out, before I drove off, all this, you know. And it really is absurd that the city waited so long to tell the city by the city in the first part of that sentence i mean the city governance and by the city in the second part i mean all of us that live in this damn forsaken city that is just inundated with crime somebody got shot a block you know i mean i i live in montrose it used to, i mean it's always had because you have a lot of drug issues in the montrose area You've had a lot of property crime here for years since I was a policeman, but the violent crime, it's just out of control. But anyhow, I digress. So then I find out the city has just delayed telling us that there's this problem that is pertained to the water pressure, but has also created a dire issue with the health safety of our water. And it has continued through today, although the water pressure is back, because, hell, I got a shower, right? I'm not going to boil water and take a bath in a tub. I'm not doing that. I'm not a bath guy. Interesting enough, my business partner, Andrew Rafferty, who is not as tall as me, I think he's 6'5", but he's a, he's a power lifter. You're not out there throwing up 750 pounds, crazy amounts of weight, right? Big dude. Gentle giant, but big dude. Right, his story is I want to be strong enough that I ever gotta hit somebody, they're not gonna, you know, whatever. Big dude. Nice guy, gentle giant, big dude, takes baths. Which strikes me as very, very odd. Right. But me, I'm not taking a bath. I don't take baths. I take showers, right? So I'm not boiling water. I'm not doing any of that. And if you'll remember in twenty twenty one we had a seventy eight percent rate hike for our water and sewage that the mayor said was absolutely necessary to ensure safe water, and yet here we are, right? Now, the 78% all didn't go in effect. It spread out over four or five years, but it's still a huge increase. And here we are, right? And we're still, like today, I had, 
I worked out, had a WebEx court hearing, had a meeting with a Hollywood type about some side project of mine. Brilliant guy. Uh, keep you informed as need to know basis. And then, uh, I had to go to TV, go to Fox to do my quantum December 9th, Friday, 9 30 PM. We're going to do live half hour primetime B and Quanell round two. Obviously the goal is to make that a weekly show. Please tune in. But the, so then I get back and I got to take Hank, the Buer Terrier for yet another issue, you know, checkup. It wasn't an issue, but to check the bandage and the splint on the bro- leg that was broke two months ago. He's already had three surgeries on. It's getting a little bit trying. So we're coming back and he's doing a lot better, right? He can run around. He's got the splint. He's doing a lot better. So I'm like, Hey, let's go. A hidden gym in this city is the Bex prime on West timer just past the Galleria, right? It's got an outdoor seating area that is probably the nicest outdoor seating area in the city. And if you haven't been, you should check it out. But we're coming back from the vet. Cat had to eat. I, she likes Bex Prime. I like Bex Prime. They got a Julie's tuna, which is just tuna and vegetables that I can eat and not feel bad about myself. She loves the baked potato. We got Hank. He's been spoiled. This has been hard. We got him a grilled chicken filet, which I probably ate three quarters of. But you're sitting out there. But when I go to order, I can't get iced tea, right? And then click to me, I can't get my damn iced tea because this damn bold water notice. And who knows how this is negatively impacting not just the health of so many Houstonians, but the so many Houston businesses from yesterday and today and how much longer I mean, we just keep getting battered with loss. But what I loved and what got me talking about this is the ability of both parties to make this crap about the other party. And it's really just a bit insane. I'll give you two tweets. One of them, Houstonians are unable to drink the water this week. Houston, a solidly blue-run city, can't provide drinkable water. Will I get reduced water bill this month? Of course you won't. Or will my taxes rise to fix this problem? Well, they've already risen. They didn't fix the problem. And it is probably blue city problem. But then, of course, you had another one. Y'all know the power grid was never properly repaired after the Texas freeze, and since the majority of Texans decided to vote for that man, ultimately responsible for that catastrophe, dumb A-words, the rest of us are stuck with the consequences of the stupidity. Both sides. Blaming both sides. Nothing's getting fixed. This is Big Angry Law on KPRC 950. Had a buddy back in 81 And we made ourselves a pack We were heading for the new pipeline We were never coming back Well, we worked 80 hours Making time and a half But LaGrange was too damn hot We drove back home at the end of that week And we spent it all on pot So I'll see you in Houston if I ever get out that way, I'll see you in Dallas. But I won't have long to stay if you're ever out west, son. And you're feeling like slowing down, I'll see you around, around my hometown. Now I can very, very easily 
play this entire song because it is absolutely one of my all-time favorites. This whole album, this is Life of the Party. I played Sunset Boulevard in the second segment, and of course, now this is my hometown. One of the best country and western albums of the 90s. And it arguably, in my Indian people go, one of the best red dirt, one of the best Texas country, whatever. It's just country. And I'm a huge Charlie Robinson fan. Heartbroken when his voice gave out. I, I had a chance to see him live a few times here in Houston. And I've heard stories that he is just a bit awful, right? Uh, in the throes, at least back when he was in the throes of addiction. And it sounds like the addiction cost him his voice, which is heartbreaking. But just a one of those incredible talents that I don't think got the recognition he should have. Y'all should go just, you know, no one buys albums anymore. I'm old, right? You don't even buy tapes or CDs. But uh, every time I say the word CD, I think of the joke. CDs. Um, anyhow, this would be more serious of a radio show. But uh, go give life of a party a listen on iHeart Streaming or Spotify or whatever it is. You know, I, I, I use Spotify despite the fact that iHeart won't put this show on Spotify, which makes me a bit crazy. But what are you going to do, right? So, anyhow, we were talking, and I had some very serious stuff to talk about. Right? I wanted to talk about this cannibal murder in Florida who was downstream from drug addiction, who they've got an agreement to institutionalize him instead of imprison him. And I think it's idiocy, but a lot of pundits are calling it wealthy white male privilege when, of course, it's a black male that stabbed and killed somebody, stabbed multiple people, killed somebody there in Austin, Texas, the University of Texas. Uh, he had just the same kind of agreement where they just said, okay, well, we're just going to put him in an institution and, I think it's just this new math, right? Where, and you know, the, if you look at the jurisprudence, if you are crazy because you're intoxicated, that's not a defense to prosecution, and it's not supposed to allow itself for an insanity plea, right? But now we have so many psychiatrists that want to line up, and everybody wants to pretend that uh, that these bad drugs people are getting aren't responsible for all the craziness. You had a homeless man get shot to death after just randomly stabbing a nine-year-old kid and another person in a target in LA cops having to be next door. Thank goodness on another call came in and put some bullets in him, which is how this cannibal killer in Florida should have died. And how that guy, you know, the guy in Austin who stabbed as soon as his life was threatened, he was sensible enough to drop the knife and stop stabbing people, but he's crazy. And he's in a nice little cush hospital for the rest of his life. And I think it's disgusting. And I wanted to give y'all a, a lengthy discourse and I might do it later in the week on what is wrong with the application of the insanity defense now and so many of these these prosecutors that are that are subscribing to this far left progressivism idea of non-prosecution and we got to feel more sorry for the criminals than we do the victims and i and i think the state needs to make its bar they need to prove beyond a reasonable doubt or people need to go free and if the state cheats people need to go free but now we just got a state like i saw some statistics from Alvin Bragg's DA office in there in Manhattan, he reduces more than half of felony charges to misdemeanors. Gets a conviction on, on like a quarter of them? Something insane, right? And that's of the remaining 47% that he doesn't reduce. So he's getting a conviction on maybe, what is that, like 10 12%, maybe less of felony charges? And just that, well, why is crime a muck? 
And I, and I wanted to get into a long soliloquy on that, but I will, uh, I got a little sidetracked. I don't listen to Howard Stern. My wife used to listen pretty religiously, but when he got, when, cause she's a fan of comedy, right? And she likes stand-up comedy. She likes comedians. She's a fan of that milieu, right? Obviously not a fan of this show. It ain't pretty, very funny. But she, uh, you know, he got just like so much entertainment that ain't entertaining anymore. He abandoned the comedy, embraced more of the luxury, and she just lost interest and stopped lo- listening a while back. Well, apparently today on his show, and I could probably listen to the clip during the break, but he went after Oprah for flaunting her wealth on social media, right? Here's the quote. Oprah's not embarrassed by her wealth at all. She loves showing it off on Instagram. It's effing mind-blowing. He used the word. It's effing mind-blowing. You, When you follow her on Instagram, you see her estates, her gardens, the people who service her, and you know. And Robin responds, service her? She's not a car. Well, she kind of is. This is Stern again. She's got servants and like people cooking and it's effing wild. She knows how to be rich, but she doesn't. She kind of likes to show it off, which is something I'm not comfortable with. I don't think that people should show off their wealth. Now, Robin took the position that I took. She responded, let's put it this way. Oprah's just showing you her life. She's not showing off. Well, and I think it's kind of a combination of the two, but Stern didn't give up. He went on. Well, you got to be a little self-aware and know that there are people struggling out there, Rob, and you got to. You got to kind of think about people who don't have to eat. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. You got to be a little bit aware of this S-word. And I find this to be more disgusting hypocrisy from Howard Stern, right? I don't. I mean, I have plenty of criticism of some of Oprah's, I think, incredibly false positions in her platforming of of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle as if they're victims somehow. And I, I'm not a fan, right? Uh, and don't, I never watched the show. But there is no doubt that she built her empire on her own steam. She built it. And she insisted on her version, and she did not compromise and has been incredibly successful because of it. I think if she's just living her life on our social media, good for her, right? If it's authentic, I don't follow her. I looked a little bit. It seems like authentic. I have a picture of her on a side-by-side on one of her estates. And, you know, she seems to be having a pretty damn good time, which I guess she should, especially if you're some billionaires and making all that Oprah money. You should be having a good time. I mean, there's a lot of people with all the money in the world still miserable as hell, right? And I think Howard Stern is probably one of those people because he's got all the money in the world. And I got a buddy with a whole lot of money, buddy from junior high, probably worth like half a billion. He was telling me he's got a he's got a he's got a Lamborghini. He don't ever he don't ever put pictures of that on social media. No, that's not for. Well, why the hell not? Right? If you if you didn't get to your money by being awful, stealing from somebody, ripping somebody off, being a scumbag. And in your life, you are trying to give back and engage in charity and do things. Like, I don't know any lawyer does as much pro bono as I do, right? There are corporate lawyers that win all those pro bono awards, right, that are getting paid by their law firm to do pro bono. If you're getting paid for it, that ain't pro bono, right? 
I try to do free stuff. I try to help people out. Right. But on my decision, when I see something that bothers me, I try to take it, you know, to position. Right. And it, you know, it's, it's just me. It's driven by me thinking I should give something back. Right. But which like the people, oh, I do a radio show. No, I don't. This is pure narcissism. Right. But Howard Stern doesn't want people to know that he's got personal chefs and people waiting on his weird looking butt handed foot, right? He don't want people to know that he wants to have it covert. So when he sees Oprah living her life authentically, he wants to judge her. People talking, I don't, I don't have no real money, right? I, I mean, I ain't poor, right? But I got a little bit of money, but I'm not like, I'm not post monetary. I mean, I got to work. I still got bills to pay, right? But I'll do stuff. I mean, I made, I started my own businesses, made all my own damn money, made it while, got myself educated while working full time. You know, everything I got, I went out and made my damn self, my way, right? So if I'm doing something cool or I want to, I don't ever think, well, this would offend somebody or upset somebody. It does. Radio. He just on here bragging. Well, don't listen, stupid. Because here's the thing. If you can't live authentically, and if you can't have, be happy with the stuff you earned, then what's the point? I did not think I would waste a segment sticking up for Oprah instead of talking about criminal justice issues, but, you know, this is a nimble show, and here we are. You're listening to Big Angry Law on KPRC 950. My little brother was just 10 years old When we hit bad weather and hid in the hole We could see Texas, it was only a mile And oh little brother, I remember your smile My dad built a sawmill The cypress and stone Was there on Medina That we made our home I mean, we could just listen to music, Charlie Robinson, Indianola. It's like a historical tale set to bagpipes and guitar. Well, let's get to it. We we kind of alluded briefly when I referred to talked about Marcus Stokes, the quarterback prospect who lost his scholarship to a social media video of him singing a song that contained a racial pejorative and uh, the reality that Asian and 
Caucasian, especially cisgendered Asian and Caucasian students are being greatly discriminated against in the application process for elite schools. And one of the mechanisms to facilitate discriminations, well, like the University of California system that has a, there is in fact a California constitutional amendment that prohibits race-based discrimination in admissions processes. Basically, it prevents them from using affirmative action in admission processes. And well, how, how do you get around that? Well, what the University of California system did, and a lot of elite universities have done, is they've eliminated the requirement of the SAT or the ACT. California eliminated completely, which means they don't get submitted, right, which allows the admission officers far more power in deciding who they let in. And by deciding who they let in based on where they're letting them in, specifically it allows them to circumvent the proscription or the prohibition of race-based entrance. And if you look at the history, right, the history of the SAT or these SAT and ACT is Harvard telling, uh, preaching the gospel of testing to allow more students from across the country access to Ivy League schools as opposed to the boarding, East Coast boarding school pipeline where you know the rich just all get richer and pat each other on the back. And, and I am firmly against legacy admissions. I, th- I think that should be illegal. But more so about race-based admission policies that are, and I, of course I used to do interviews here in Houston it was horrified, I don't know, a decade ago when they just say, These, this is the type of student we're looking for and their interest requirements are going to be, it's, it's a much lower bar. And people can argue that it's not occurring, but it's a dishonest argument, right? In fact, even the, the loudest voice in the critical race theory academic movement, uh, Ibrahim Kendi X, as any removed it, but castigated white students for lying about their ethnicity because it was allowing them to get admitted to schools that they wouldn't get admitted to if they didn't lie. And he says it in the same, the same person who's saying that this discrimination is not occurring, right? So a number of schools, a number of Ivy League schools have in the last few years made uh, the testing requirement optional. And there's clear bias shown. So initially it was done to open up the doors, but largely just for white people and the bigotry of the past. And then it is very clear that that wealth makes a huge difference in performance on those tests. It is, wealth is a much bigger difference than race, right? There's an argument that it's race, but that when you look at, you combine intact, the data about intact families, involved parents, and and socioeconomic data, it eliminates that. Just like the, the achievement gap that so many liberal racists use to argue for new discrimination melts away when you have intact families, involved parents, and early access to books and reading for kids of whatever race, right? And right now we have a paradigm where Asian kids are the most discriminated against, and it's insane because there's so much poverty in the Asian community there is so much, I mean, immigrants who came here. We had internment camps just in the last century. We have all this bigotry towards Asian people, and yet structured families, a focus on education has allowed them to overcome it to such a degree that now they're actively discriminated against. And, of course, the Supreme Court, as I mentioned, they're taking up this issue. 
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I think they'll make it unlawful. And it clearly is an affront to our Constitution. And the they're blatant. The, the, these elite college admission officers are blatant about it. They're not even trying to cover the abject. But if someone accuses it, that's when, oh, no, of course we don't. All right, well, MIT, which is probably the, the leading science institution in the world, the name Massachusetts Institute of Technology, it's also in Cambridge, Massachusetts, it neighbors Harvard, and it's for the really smart kids. Like fake smart people go to law school. Really smart people go become doctors and engineers and scientists. And, you know, when I say smart, a lot of them are the kind of goobers that can't carry on a conversation with a girl, but still geniuses. And MIT had to write a treatise explaining while they're going to, you know, because they, for the pandemic, had dropped the testing requirements and showed up with data, right? MIT and Georgetown are the only elite schools that are requiring testing right now. Because the fact is, when they say we don't require testing, what they mean, right, what these admissions offices mean is, well, we don't require, it's optional, right? And when they say it's optional, it, what it means is we don't require it for people that check the Latin box and the African heritage box. But white people and Asian people, well, y'all better include it or your, your, your file is going to get thrown in the drawer. And, well, that's a bit insane. And, and, and MIT came up with data that said very clearly that removing this ability to evaluate the merit or, more importantly, the ability of students to succeed at MIT is greatly prejudiced by not having the test scores. Well, that data is important. But it's all about the virtue signal. It's all about this new grand lie that we must, uh, we must accept modern discrimination to make up for historical discrimination as opposed to, hey, just addressing the discrimination looking at people like human beings and trying to fairly open doors for the hardworking people that are high achieving, no matter what their race or their socioeconomic background. That should be the goal, but it's not in America anymore. The goal now for those in charge is to tell us why we should accept our children being discriminated against, and that's insane. Of course, it's just like Republicans telling gay people why they should be discriminated against, which is equally insane, right? Everybody has a reason to justify taking a crap on some other group of people based on an immutable characteristic, and it's all idiocy, right? And a lot of it is downstream from nonsense academics that are just trying to get some academic attention by preaching this new justified hate. And at some point, we need to wake up, smell the truth coffee, that there is enough resources to build an America that is free of discrimination, that also offers everyone pathways to victory, pathways to better lives if they want to put the work in. We don't have to accept discrimination, nor should we tolerate it. 
no matter who's it, who it's directed at. So while I applaud bringing the ACT and the SAT back, because we need a merit-based society, we should also work harder on providing better educations to people in co- of color who grow up poor. But of course, that would make too much damn sense. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 